0: Viking fans, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. It is episode number 14. Today is Monday, September the 22nd, in the year of our Lord, 2008. And we finally get to talk about a Minnesota Vikings victory today. Finally, the Vikings get their first win, oh, three games into the season. So we are now, of course, one and two. But that's how it goes. That is how it goes, especially with this club and a team that is coached by Brad Childress. Enough of that. Now, real quick, this show is available on thesportstuff.com and also on iTunes. And I thank each and every one of you for listening and downloading to this show. Now, I'm going to get into iTunes a little bit in a second. But real quick, though. On the sportstuff.com on the front page, there is a button in the upper right-hand corner. It says it is TSS Boards on the button. Click on that. We would like you to sign up as soon as possible and join in with things. Of course, I have a poll each and every week on this show, along with my other two shows, Brave the Wild and, of course, Timberwolves Explosion. So I have polls every week. I would like you to sign up. And, of course, there will be polls in the podcast section and you will see the show names So that is pretty much the boards for the shows And uh, yeah, that way you can get involved As that is a slogan here on thesportstuff.com Now real quick, last week You may have tuned into iTunes where it says Purple Mafia You know, expecting Purple Mafia to play Yeah, I would expect that too Because uh, that's just the way it should be But instead, Timberwolves Explosion played And um... Well, it's completely out of my control. Uh, Apparently the show was uploaded incorrectly onto Purple Mafia. Um, Timberwolves Explosion finally is available on iTunes, um, as that was also not available on iTunes for quite a while. So, yes, if you simply type in Timberwolves, it will pop up at last on iTunes. So that issue is taken care of, but I deeply apologize for last week that you heard Timberwolves' explosion here on Purple Mafia, I never actually got to hear episode number 13. Um, that was very disappointing. Very disappointing. Uh, it's completely out of my hands, though. There is nothing I can do. Um, that's just the way things go, and we're going to leave it at that. Well, We are going to come back, and we're going to talk about the game right after this announcement. Here are on thesportstuff.com. We're bursting in blue with Timberwolves Explosion. Timberwolves fans, your show has arrived at last as we bring in a new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, and Mike Miller. We're available on thesportstuff.com and also available on iTunes. Download and listen to in-depth and detailed coverage of your favorite team. Show your true blue and join this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. Here we are. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. I mean, Purple Mafia. Ahem. So another inside joke there. Sorry, but I had to because, yeah. Anyhow, we're going to talk about the game, folks. We're going to talk about a Viking victory. Remember, there is a V in victory and there is a V in Viking. So finally, we can put those two together and stop talking about, oh, you know, the L's that the Vikings were getting. Especially that awfully disappointing Green Bay Packer game. And uh, the unforgettable, well, the show you never heard where I talked about how the Vikings choked away the game against the Indianapolis Colts. And I mean utterly choked it away. That was just ridiculous. Instead, well, the Carolina Panthers kind of, sort of, I guess you could say choked it away, as they were up 10 to nothing in this game. And little did we know, the Vikings were planning in 20 unanswered points. They had that in their game plan, I guess, and uh, they won the game. They won the game 20 to 10. The Carolina Panthers do not score in the second half, and uh, that's really good stuff. That was very exciting. Uh, A major stat to note here real quick is that uh, look at the Carolina Panthers running game. Look at what happened to them. D'Angelo Williams only 27 yards and 10 rushes. Jonathan Stewart 15 yards on 7 rushes. That's it. Jake DeLome fumbled twice, and uh, of course we'll get into that very shortly. I mean, wow. (laughs) The running game just totally decimated by Carolina, though Jonathan Stewart, of course, did get in for a touchdown, as that was their ninth and tenth point, basically, right there for the uh, Carolina Panthers. And little did we know, that was it. I mean, it looked like the Vikings were going to lose the ball game. I really thought they were. It looked like Carolina was just going to come in and be the same old deal. It's every time the Vikings play the Carolina Panthers when John Fox is the coach, we're screwed, folks Especially with a guy by the name of Steve Smith That guy always seems to destroy the Vikings You know uh, He is a pretty good football player It's not a, its not like it's luck or anything That's sure sort of a fact there that it ain't luck um, Jake DeLome Though did not throw any interceptions in the game He was solid Though he was sacked five times Jake DeLome was sacked five times The Vikings Purple people eater Defensive line has awoken and this is beautiful stuff. Two sacks by Kevin Williams. Chad Greenway has awoken. He is looking great. He gets a sack in this game. Uh, Antoine Winfield, though, he gets his first sack as a Minnesota Viking. He does not get many sacks because he is not blitzed very often. And Jared Allen getting sack number two. Sack number two for Jared Allen. But, uh, well, to, before I get ahead of myself here, uh, Gus Farratt named the starting quarterback by Brad Childress on Wednesday. Conveniently, a day after, <laughs> a day after episode number 13 was done, so I didn't get to talk about it in that show. Not that you heard it or anything, but uh, just saying. I was, like, shaking my head about that. That, um, yeah, I mean, the biggest change of the year by far. The guy you wanted, the guy everybody wanted starting. um I really was, was, uh, pining for this guy to come here and be the backup quarterback back in April, as you probably heard in an episode long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, probably episode number one of Purple Mafia and maybe one of the uh, Paladino Live episodes when I talked Vikings. Um, yeah, fabulous choice to be the backup quarterback. I sure as heck did not see him becoming the starter and not because Tavares Jackson is, uh, a great quarterback, or even a half decent quarterback, because he is neither. Tavares Jackson is a backup quarterback as much as Gus Verratt or anybody else. But, uh, <laughs> well, the, the, the reason why I didn't see Gus Verratt being a starter on this team or competing for the starting job between, you know, with Tavares Jackson is because this team is so enamored with Tavares Jackson, especially Brad Childress. I mean, this was a complete plot twist. Like, say, if this is a book or whatever, what a plot twist. I mean, it's just, boom, Gus Rott, starter, two weeks in. And remember the poll I put up there? I mean, it was kind of halfway sarcastic, saying Gus Rott starting by week three, John David Booty starting by week three, you know, like, say, if uh, Tavares Jackson's the quarterback and Favre isn't here, you know, all that good stuff. Well, whoever voted for Gus Rott would have been dead right as it happened. It happened. And... Gus Ferrat is a really nice quarterback. I mean, hey, you know, I'm I was totally for it. I was excited. Um, I'm very happy that he is the quarterback at this point in time. Now he's not the savior. He's not, you know, he's not going to save this team. He is 37. He's not 27 with his, you know, with a with a decent amount of his career ahead of him still, but he looks very good. Um, for one. He pretty much gets rid of the ball within about, oh, about a second, you know, after the hike. I mean, it's beautiful. He's got such a great release. His arm is just outstanding. Uh, overall, his completion percentage, 57%, a touchdown and interception, 204 yards and 28 attempts, completing 16 of them, um, was sacked three times, but uh, the thing is, that interception... Not it wasn't the greatest pass in the world to uh, Bernard Berrien. it was a teeny tiny bit behind him, but it was in Bernard Berrien's hands. It was close enough that Berrien should have caught the ball uh, I don't think there's a soul that would blame Gus Farrat for that interception it, it, and it's too bad you know because it of course shows up as an interception and you know it should but once again Viking receivers screw over the quarterback once again. As a lot of people could blame Vasante Shenko for screwing over Tavares Jackson, um, of course in the Chiefs game last year that was Kelly Holcomb. But uh, yeah, we probably should have won the Kansas City Chiefs game last year, and uh, we probably, you know, we could have won the Colts game last week when Vasante Shenko dropped a touchdown, and uh, of course Vasante Shenko blew the route on the pass that iced the game in Green Bay where Vasanti just stopped when he was supposed to keep going. And, uh, yeah, DeVarce Jackson got the, uh, game icing interception and looked a lot worse than he was. But, uh, <laughs> Vasanti Schenko well, he actually held onto a touchdown this week. He actually caught two balls. He dropped one. Yeah, the ball got jarred loose, but he could have hung onto that ball. There's nobody that would say he couldn't have hung onto that ball. And, uh, The crowd was booing the living crap out of him. And, man, I loved it. I loved it. I was like, yeah, I love hearing the fans get on Vasante Shenko because he totally screwed over Tavares Jackson. And, uh, you know, that was a 20-yard completion that we didn't get from Shenko. there. Should have been a first down. We ended up punting. So, uh, yeah, the quarterback killer actually did something right in this game, thankfully. Bernard Berrien, though at least had a somewhat of a breakout game with three crutches and 79 yards, including a 48-yard catch. Beautiful to see. That is what we've been waiting for from this speedster from the Chicago Bears. Gus Farratt's arm of course, you know, hey, you know, work great with Randy Moss. you got to think it's going to work with one of these speedsters on this team as long as they can hold on to the ball. That is the key, of course. Uh, Bobby Wade and uh, – Gus had nice chemistry in the preseason, and uh, it looks like it's going to continue here in the regular season with three catches, 35 yards. You know, not overwhelming, but, hey, he caught the ball. He caught the flipping ball, and, of course, you know, you're getting first downs and most of those type of catches, those 10-yard catches. That's good enough for me. Now, E.J. Henderson, holy cow, folks. This guy is on his way to a Pro Bowl start. I mean, he is going to start in the Pro Bowl if he keeps playing like this. 11 tackles, 11 tackles, and he also had uh, (laughs) multiple times where he got into the uh, Carolina backfield and was able to tackle the running back for loss, be it Jonathan Stewart or D'Angelo Williams. That was just, he was just absolutely phenomenal, and that is why you look at (laughs) the Carolina running game and it being just totally dead. I mean, virtually dead. They got about 60 yards on the ground combined with, uh, their four running backs or halfbacks, fullbacks, whatever. You know, the running game just totally stifled. Um, just, I really enjoyed what happened there. Now, a big fumble recovery by Ben Lever. And, uh, the Vikings forcing a couple turnovers as, uh, yeah, as I said earlier. Jake Delom fumbled the ball twice in the game. Ben Lieber, uh, that was completely DeLome's fault. He just fumbled the snap. Ben Lieber gets the fumble recovery, though we ended up punting. So I was scared to death that this game was going to continue to go the Carolina way. Carolina Panthers way, and just like how it went with Indianapolis last week with turnovers, that accomplished nothing. You got to score when you get a turnover. That was on the 50-yard line, man. And also... To continue now that we're early in the game, you could say. (laughs) The Vikings, remember last week when it was just run, 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 pretty much right out of the gate? It was pretty much all handoffs the whole game. And you, A, assume that the coach does not have much faith in Tavares Jackson. B, well, the Indianapolis Colts gave up a lot of yards to Matt Forte the week before, and Adrian Peterson's better than Matt Forte. So, wow, you're going to expect the uh, Vikings to hammer down And then the Indianapolis Colts defensive line. So, yeah. Now, I understand Adrian Peterson had a sore hamstring coming into this game. But it was a polar opposite, folks. A polar opposite. (laughs) As Gus Farratt threw on virtually just about every play in the first quarter. As the Vikings only with 10 yards rushing. Unbelievable. Just a complete change. Now, that's got to have something to do with Gus Farrats, the quarterback, instead of Tavares Jackson. And thank God the coach finally put his foot down and stopped counting on a quarterback that he couldn't trust in the game. I mean, you got to win, right? You can't just play that way forever, like scared to death to throw the damn ball. I mean, there were countless times that and, and uh was going for pretty much 25-yard passes. Oh, it's so nice to see. You never saw that with Tavares Jackson, ever. So there's more creativity with his offense now, thank God, though, thankfully, Adrian Peterson and Chester Taylor did pick it up in the second quarter and beyond. Peterson winding up with 77 yards, Chester Taylor with 44, both of them over four yards a carry. Wonderful to see. Neither one of them breaking loose, though, at all. Uh, the longest run of the day, 14 yards by Adrian Peterson and 10 by Taylor. So... Neither one of them breaking loose, but the consistency—that is how you win football games. And I was impressed with that. As virtually every time they got the ball, it was a four, four or five yard gain. I mean, I love that. That's how Terrell Davis did it in Denver. That's how I want the Vikings to do it in Minnesota. I love it very much. Though the big play is fun to watch, and yeah, we we'll, 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 you know, we'll see some of that. Don't expect it to stay that way forever. This was the Carolina Panthers. Don't forget a very good defensive team that I was scared to death of coming into this game. Um, but now, late in the game, when it looked like we were in big trouble, uh, we finally get a field goal, we finally draw some blood. It was 10-3 to late in the first half, or uh, second quarter, whatever, late in the second quarter. Antoine Winfield broke loose. On a blitz. So they actually blitzed Antoine Winfield finally. And Jake DeLohm didn't see him. And I was just like, come on, please don't see him, please don't see him. And Antoine Winfield got him, baby, and knocked the ball loose. Gets the ball off the ground and scores a touchdown. Beautiful. That changed the pace of the entire game. That was the play of the game, as uh, it was a sack. Fumble recovery and touchdown all in one play. I mean, beautiful, or forced fumble and fumble recovery. So that's four stats for if anybody has defensive uh, fantasy, whatever. So beautiful. And uh, I really loved what happened there. And things got more and more entertaining in the second half. As, of course, as I said earlier, Vasante actually hanging on to a touchdown in the third quarter, thank God. And then a field goal. 907 into the third quarter. Uh, you know, just another chip shot that's Ryan Longwell's Ryan Longwell. That was the longest kick of the day for him, only 32 yards out. Boom, and that was wonderful, as that was the game icer pretty much right there. Carolina not showing any real indication that they were going to um, get back into this thing. The Vikings defense just totally stifling them with sack after sack, defensive play after defensive play. Beautiful and uh, purple people eaters Live finally Thank God That is your game review for week number three And with that we are going To get into the NFL roundup Right after this Following announcement Here on the thesportstuff.com We're toughing up On Brave the Wild with Palladino Join me Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman Derek Bugard says you better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Palladino Joey. Back here on Purple Mafia, of course, episode number 14, and, yes, the first win of the season accomplished. Now that we're through that, at last, we are going to get into the NFL roundup. But first, real quick, the plug you just heard was Brave the Wild by other uh, Podcast. Of course, Timberwolves Explosion also, both on iTunes. Wild fans, do check it out. Training camp is amongst us. Do check out the show. I was going to make a show on Saturday, did not. Probably will be making one midweek and, and as late as Friday or Saturday. We will see what happens. Do check it out on iTunes and, of course, thesportsstuff.com. Most importantly, do go there. Now, it is time to get into the NFL Roundup and, of course, the pregame or preview for next week's opponent, Tennessee, is when I get into that particular game, the Houston and Tennessee game. You know, the the Oiler Bowl. That's pretty much what that is. But first, listeners, it, the first game here on our on our roundup: Atlanta defeats Kansas City, quite possibly the worst team in the league right now. Kansas City, and I'm sorry, Farzine Um, I, you know, I know you're an honest guy and you feel the same way about your team. But, uh, yeah, I do feel bad for you. We've we've been there. We were there early last year. That's for darn sure as you guys beat us last year. (laughs) And um, I hope your team improves. Now, first and foremost, Atlanta destroying Kansas City as uh, they got humbled a bit by Tampa last week after crushing Detroit in week one. Well, Atlanta gets another chance to kick somebody's butt, a team that's not too good. And they do that. And uh Matt Ryan, looking good again. Only one touchdown pass, but still 192 yards, 66%. Only passed the ball 18 times, but still good enough for, yeah, 200 yards and a quarterback rating of 120. Tyler Thigpen, what are the Chiefs doing? Why is Tyler Thigpen their starting quarterback? Has it gotten that bad? Tyler Thigpen was cut from the Vikings' practice squad. Last year, I was about to be sent to the practice squad, and the Chiefs claimed him. It's like, yeah, we're happy for you. Uh, Tyler Thigpen threw a touchdown, great, but threw three interceptions and uh, completed 39% of his passes. Quarterback rating of 23.8. Ouch. Larry Johnson, the only Chief that really stood out in this game. Um, well, yeah, Dwayne Bow is okay, too, but Larry Johnson, 121 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Dwayne Bow, as mentioned, got the uh, touchdown pass from Thigpen, 43 yards on four catches. That's great, but not much to show overall. Now for Atlanta, yeah, wow, just beautiful game for them. Rondell White, a guy, Rondell White, Roddy White, I apologize, I apologize. Uh, the guy who really emerged last season, And you fantasy players out there probably scooped him up, you know, mid to late last year, and he helped you out. He he helped me out, 119 yards and a touchdown from Matt Ryan. Beautiful game for him. Not much else major in the receiving end. It was mainly him. But their running back, that Michael Turner guy, who would look pretty good in a Chargers uniform right now, I'm sure they're thinking, (laughs) 104 yards. He only got three touchdowns. That's not that big a deal. Nah. Very LT-like for Michael Turner. That guy is the real Deal. And even Norwood, Jarius Norwood, eleven rushes, seventy five yards. Yikes. Now I thought Kansas City's defense would still be at least decent, right? I mean geez. I I just I'm a little bit shocked by this. Uh yeah, no sacks in the game. Absolutely none. So what can you do? Now quickly we're gonna move on. We can't just talk about that game. Oakland and Buffalo. Oakland and Buffalo. Buffalo wins 24-23. to The Bills are 3 and oh. Oakland Raiders looked okay in this game, especially early on, and they choked it away, giving up 17 points to the Bills in the fourth quarter. Did not work out too good at all. Marshawn Lynch cutting loose for 83 yards and two touchdowns. Good game by him. Jamarcus Russell, a passing and rushing touchdown. Not great, though, as uh, he only completed 9 of 19. Didn't throw an interception, though, so that's good. Trent Edwards still looking solid. Got one touchdown, one interception, 279 yards. So pretty good stuff by a guy who very few of us even had heard of before this season. Darren McFadden, not the same guy as last week with 42 yards on the ground. Michael Bush is counterpart, 55 yards. So, uh, you know, they have a nice little combo platter in Oakland. But, folks, their coach... Kiffin is quite possibly on his way out. Is there a report today that they are about to do that? The owner's people telling his people, Kiffin's people, that he is most likely on his way out. So I don't know why they would do this. It's, it's a little early, I think. I just don't know. Maybe if the Vikings collapsed yesterday and lost like 38-0 to or something, yeah, then I could understand firing Childress, but... Uh, Come on. Oakland is just getting started here. They're just getting started, and they actually looked decent, I thought. They almost beat the Bills, so that's kind of tough. That's tough. I feel bad for Kiffin. He is actually from Minnesota, so what can you do next game? Moving right along, the 3-0 Giants, 3-0 Bengals. Is, yeah, <laughs> The uh, Bengals forced this game into overtime which was nice to see the Bengals finally wake up from purgatory, as they are pretty much dead, but lose anyway. Giants win, Giants win, 26-23 in OT. As mentioned, T.J. Zada, 12 catches, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Carson Palmer is alive. He lives. He was sacked six flipping times in this game. Giants defense looking good, but still able to complete 70% 70% of his passes for 300 yards, or 286 yards, not bad at all. Carson Palmer, alive and well. Uh, he was cut in my fantasy league, and I claimed him this morning. Mm-hmm. Shh, don't tell anyone. Wink, wink. That was kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, Eli Manning, not bad, not great. 60 yards, uh, no, 60 yards, 60%, 289 yards, a touchdown. Not a bad game, definitely good enough. That's pretty much how he played in the playoffs last year. Um, other than that, nobody majorly standing out uh, Dwayne, not Dwayne Ward But Ward getting a 80 yards Brad and Jacobs, 35 yards And a touchdown Not bad, at all And now on quickly To Quite possibly the game of the week here As what, yeah It's the game of the week, it has to be What happened? What happened in this game? Miami defeats New England 38-13 to Wow, the Patriots are not looking so hot after that. And I know Miami wanted to get revenge on New England after going 16-0 last year, though of course not winning the Super Bowl, so there is no undefeated team still, uh, other than Miami. But my goodness, what was this? Ronnie Brown rushed for 113 yards. That's good, right? As uh, he'd been real quiet starting out the year, getting like 30 yards a game. Woohoo. He only got in the end zone four times. Look at this! He threw a touchdown pass, a 19-yard touchdown pass. You gotta be kidding! You gotta be kidding me, man! <laughs> Five touchdowns total for Ronnie Brown in this game. I can't believe it. The pass was to Anthony Fasano. Um, I just, I can't believe it. What the hell was that? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think anybody could possibly lose in fantasy football if Ronnie Brown was on their team yesterday. Though, of course, I'm sure most people had him on the, on their bench because he hadn't done a darn thing this year until this game. Um, okay, all right. Uh, Matt Castle has come down to earth. He wasn't exactly great anyway before, but uh, still completing 61% of his passes, though he just wasn't that great. The interception he threw was terrible. Chad Pennington is looking pretty solid right now. As he completed 85% of his passes, didn't throw a touchdown, but okay, not bad. 226 yards, not bad at all. And now we get into the next game very quickly: the the Oiler Bowl, the Oiler Bowl, the Houston Oilers versus the Houston Texans. I mean, Tennessee Titans versus the Houston Texans. Um, 31 to 12. Houston Texans suck. That what a terrible game by them. And the Houston, ugh. I'm sorry, the Tennessee, Tennessee Oilers, no, <laughs> oh, I got to stop this, the Tennessee Titans, absolutely looking like a wonderful team right now, and they don't even have a starting quarterback as uh, Terry Collins looking solid, though, touchdown and interception, Matt Schaub, you know, Matt Schaub, everybody was all excited, this guy is one of those cool backups that's going to get a chance to start now, and he's, you know, this this backup that should be starting somewhere, I don't know about that, guys, anymore. I really don't. Three interceptions in the game. Quarterback rating 27.8. Ick, yuck, and pew. Terrible. Uh, Lindell White, two touchdowns and 49 yards. Great game for him, um, fantasy-wise anyway. Uh, Other than that, that's pretty much, there's nothing really exciting about this game at all. Nobody really stood out other than Lindell White. Uh, Tennessee's defense, though, absolutely stifling as they destroyed Matt job and, of course, got those three interceptions. So that's where that stands. And guess what, folks? We have to go against this team next week, the Tennessee Titans. So that's going to be a tough one, and it's going to be in Tennessee. And uh here's your quick preview. Uh <laughs> Well, the Vikings are going to have to go against Johnson and White in this game. They're going to have to go against a running back combo, just like Tennessee is going to have to deal with that for Minnesota. But uh there is some good news here. As Slayton on Houston broke loose for 116 yards, averaging 6.4 a carry. So, of course, that was bloated with that 50-yard run. But still, the fact that Slayton was able to get through Tennessee, I guess we're going to probably have to count on that running game. After the, I mean, the Houston-Tennessee secondary looks pretty dangerous. Uh, Good thing Traverse Jackson isn't the quarterback anymore. So, Vikings are going to have to probably... Go back to a little bit, teeny bit more conservative style coming into this, going into Tennessee anyway, into Nashville next week. As, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm pretty scared going into this game. I sure as heck don't want to go 1 and 3. If the Vikings could pull out a road game in Tennessee, that would be amazing. It really would. And I would tell you, this team is better than they looked early on. But uh, right now, not too optimistic going into this particular game. I probably pretty much can see Tennessee winning this one, oh like twenty-four to ten. Uh, but let's hope for the best for the Vikings here. Um, man, one of those interceptions was ran back for ninety-nine yards, by the way, by Finnegan. Unbelievable! Wow, match job. Yuck on you again. So that's what we're that's what we're up against next week. Tennessee Titans, three and for the first time in many years. And what a crazy game, Tampa Bay and Chicago. Uh Ernest what I mean, this is another ridiculous stat here. Uh Brian Greasy attempted sixty seven passes in this game. Why is it that Brian Greasy throws the ball so much? I mean he was like this in Chicago last year, but uh of course it's not necessarily his choice, the coach's choice, but still the main reason for that though overall has to be uh look at what look at what Chicago's Defense did to the Tampa Bay running game Look at Ernest Graham 16 yards on 12 rushes Nothing zip zilch Uh, Warwick Dunn got through a teeny tiny bit With 31 yards Eh. Um, Yeah Yeah man yeah I'm a little scared going into Chicago Later on this year as uh, Their rushing defense looks unbelievable Uh, Brian Greasy also threw Three interceptions in the game but two touchdowns Kind of a, a kind of sort of Offset Kyle Orton, though, killed the Bears. As, uh, he was very un like in this game. Threw the ball. They had him throw the ball 34 times. I don't know what they're doing with that. The interception he threw, though, early in the game was just terrible. It was an immediate touchdown for Tampa Bay. Um, the interception, of course, was to Adams. 45 yard return touchdown. So, terrible, terrible pass by Orton. That looked like Rex Grossman right there. Unbelievably bad. And, uh, yeah, though the Bears made a pretty fierce comeback later in the game, um, forcing it into overtime, thankfully, for them. But they lost, of course, in overtime on a field goal by Matt Bryan, only 21 yards out. So, Tampa Bay pretty much had that one in the bag the way that went. Arizona, Washington. The Washington Redskins a just a tough defensive team still. And always, as they really, uh, you know, they frustrated Kurt Warner a little bit. Only 53%, two touchdowns at interception, but not a a bad game. So fantasy players that have Kurt Warner, that's not too bad. Jason Campbell, very good. This guy looks like he's going to be a wonderful player, completing 73% of his passes, two touchdowns. Not bad at all. that's how that game stands. Washington is now 2 and 1. Arizona is 2 and 1. So those two teams threats going into the playoff picture. New Orleans and Denver. Now this had to be the game of the week overall. Wow. And what a shame that the New Orleans Saints are only 1 and 2 with how well they've played so far this year. Jay Cutler though right now is playing as good as anybody. 264 yards, two touchdowns, interception. Very good game. Drew Brees outplayed him though with he completed 81% of his passes. He attempted 48 passes in the game, 421 yards. That is, wow, unbelievable. 100, quarterback rating of 110, but they still lose the game. What a shame. As uh, Denver just pulls it out, nothing the Saints can do in that one. And Now we go to Detroit-San Francisco. A crappy game there. Two crappy teams, San Francisco, an unearned 2-1. and one. The Detroit Lions a well-earned 0-3. Yeah, Rudy Johnson finally doing something, 83 yards and a touchdown. Three receptions also so, for 48 yards. So he's he looks like he's going to be the starter in Detroit. JTL Sullivan, 189 passing yards, two touchdowns. Not bad in the crap bowl. Now the other crap bowl, Seattle destroys the worst team in the league. Now these guys are worse than Kansas City considering the circumstances 37-13, Seattle wins this one. Uh, just unwatchable. Not really much to say there. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Well, if you don't like defense, this one is unwatchable as well. 15-6, to 6, Philadelphia defeats Pittsburgh in the Penn Ball, the, the Pennsylvania Ball. Wow. Philadelphia, their one loss, of course, came against what you could call the best team in the league, the Dallas Cowboys, last week in an amazing game. Philadelphia can get it done with anybody. I really like the Philadelphia Eagles this season. They could very well be going against the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC Championship game if they continue playing the way they are, and they look the part right now. Baltimore, waking up against now the 0-3 Cleveland Browns. Joe uh, Joe Flacco, 2-0 as a starter. Horrible, though. (laughs) 2. And Derek Anderson, I can't believe this. Just and, of course, this was the Brown Bowl. you know, the Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, we know who the Baltimore Ravens used to be the Cleveland Browns and all that good stuff. So this is the Brown Bull. Um, the Ravens win again like they always do. Uh, Derek Anderson, though, had a 22.9 quarterback rating, three interceptions and a touchdown, 37% passing. Yuck. Fantasy holders of Derek Anderson are probably sick to their stomach right now even just thinking about it. Now, real quick, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, the Colts lose again. They are 1-2. Jacksonville finally wins, as they did a Vikings. They finally got a victory. So, major stat of the game, Joseph Adai, two touchdowns. But that's about it there. Dallas and Green Bay, a huge game. But the Dallas Cowboys pull out the victory, 27-16, to 16, and look like the best team in the league. Marion Barber explodes, 142 yards, a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers still looking Pretty darn good with, oh, about 300 yards. No touchdown or interception, though. Sacked five times. So that's how things stand there. And that is your NFL roundup. And with that, we are going to quickly... Move on to the next segment. We will be back right after this What's announcement. What's up, listeners? This is Farzine. I am the host of the Chiefs End Zone Show right here on thesportsstuff.com, where we cover the Kansas City Chiefs, give our opinions, and go deep inside with the Kansas City Chiefs right here only on thesportsstuff.com. We encourage you Chiefs fans, you loud Chiefs fans out there, to get on the show, voice your opinions, get on our boards, and talk with us. All listeners, including Bronco fans, are allowed in our show. So be sure you check out the Chiefs' End Zone Show right here on theSportsStuff.com with me, your host, and we R-Z. have returned here on Purple Mafia. It is our final segment, and now we are going to get into last week's poll. And we're going to announce this week's poll as well on thesportstuff.com. Again, do sign up for the message boards. Click on the TSS button on the upper right-hand corner. That way you can get involved with this show. Soon we will be getting a call in line, just not today, unfortunately. Uh, until then, you can talk to me here on the message boards, on the chat box on thesportstuff.com, or email me, Live at yahoo.com, Live at yahoo.com, or on MySpace. It is MySpace.com forward slash PurpleMafia28, MySpace.com forward slash PurpleMafia28. Very quickly now, last week's poll, the question was, who is the biggest disappointment? Meaning, yeah, of who, which player stinks the most or has blown it for the Vikings so far this year. Tavares Jackson, Sidney Rice, Vasantyshenko, or Andre Ellison? Vasantyshenko wins... 66% to 33 over Tavares Jackson. Nobody seemed to think Sidney Reiser and Andre Ellison were disappointing. So, okay. I voted for Santechenko. He has killed the Vikings. He killed them last year. At, at times, especially that Chiefs game, he's killed us twice this year already. Though, yesterday he did get the touchdown that put us ahead. Thank God, the go-ahead touchdown. He actually hung on to the ball. God bless America. Thank you, Lord. No comments made. That's disappointing. I'd like you people out there, please, from iTunes or the please comment on here as that way there's more interaction with the show. Quickly on to the new poll. The question is, what surprised you the most about week three? And the question or the choices are Ferrat starting, meaning Detroit Jackson getting benched. Shanko actually holding on to a touchdown. <laughs> Three, the running game not being the main focus. Mm-hmm. And four, shutting out the Panthers in the second half. And my choice, my personal choice, was shutting out the Panthers in the second half. Yeah, I. that's very impressive. Even though you know the Vikings' defense is their strength, they've not done that so far this year. They've gotten beat late in the game so far this year especially against the Colts last year, just to, or last week, sorry, giving up all the points they did last week. That was very disappointing. And, um, well, that's the where it stands right now. And uh, we just got to come out and play some good football next week against the Tennessee Titans. I mean, they're talking about their A game this week. They better really have their A game next week as they're going into a very, very tough place to win in Tennessee. Now, I thank again all of you For listening and downloading, please tell a friend about this show. And if you like this show, please, and if you have iTunes, that is, and have an iTunes account, which, of course, is free, please comment and uh, give me a good rating on iTunes. I would appreciate it very much. Let's keep the rating nice and high and juicy so other listeners can see it and come and more can come and more can come and more can come. (laughs) As uh, Yeah, we'd like to see this show on the map, on the radar, in the NFL.com type of stuff. So, thank each and every one of you for listening again, and I wish you all a great week. Go Vikings! We'll talk about Tennessee next week. See you then.